speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the seventh chapter. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bears stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. People say a lot of different things when death strikes, when death stings. Sometimes we can't help it. You see, when death comes, our nerves can cause us to talk a lot. Other times we try to fill the quietness of death, well, that quietness of death, with meaningless chit-chat. You know how it goes. How's the weather? Did you watch the Vikings lose the other day again? Aren't those property taxes too high? And so forth. We can't help it. We don't like silence. It's even worse. Yes, it's even worse when there's silence and death combined. Death and silence, they make us uncomfortable because we live in a world that is so incredibly busy and noisy. And so many times we find comfort within the busyness and noise itself. After all, this busyness and noise itself can distract us. It can distract us from the painful things in life, things such as death, yes, death. But what about the silence at a funeral? Indeed, what about the silence at a funeral? What do we say in the midst of that silence at a funeral? As a pastor, I have no shortage of incredible stories from funerals. Stories ranging from perhaps this one. Well, the deceased person There's a deceased person, the dead person was speaking to a relative the night before the funeral and they conveyed a message, Pastor, that message needs to be shared from the pulpit to everyone else. There were stories such as that, to things such as this, that the deceased dead person apparently showed up at the funeral embodied in a fly. Yes, the deceased person's spirit was supposedly within an insect in the church service. Now, believe it or not, I am not very bothered or upset about these misguided and outlandish stories. 
These words, these words that we have in the midst of death itself. And the reason being, more often than not, it is tied to grief. You see, grief can do a lot of things to a person. And so I'm never too hard on parishioners, especially when they are crushed by the pain and sorrow of grief. You know, in a way, it kind of makes sense, does it not? It makes sense when you consider the effects of grief and what it does to our mind and how it affects our emotions and then ultimately what we say and speak in the midst of that silence. But what I am more bothered by is what pastors say at funerals or perhaps what pastors don't say at funerals. In other words, Christian funerals should at least, they should at least be somewhat similar to the funeral that Jesus attended that one day in the city of Nain, as we heard about this morning. In our reading from the Gospel of Luke, Jesus, he went to a town called Nain, and he was with his disciples and a large group of people. That day, as they approached the city, he was met by a funeral procession. Long story short, a man had died, leaving his mother all alone. After all, she was widowed. And so when Jesus saw this mother in her profound grief, well, he came right before that dead corpse. He came before that dead corpse and he spoke. Yes, Jesus spoke. But what did he say? What did he say that day in the midst of death? Actually, let us take a moment and identify what Jesus did not say. Yes, what did Jesus not say? You see, Jesus did not come to that grieving woman and say this, you know, here, here now, I heard that your son was a good man. I heard that he was a good employee, that he volunteered a lot to help the poor. I heard that he was good at telling jokes and making people feel very welcomed. I heard that he made a good old barbecue and could really swing that good old baseball bat. He was a good old guy. No, my friends, Christ did not say this. But perhaps the Lord came to that woman and he said something like this. Oh, dear woman, do not worry. Be happy. God needed another angel. Be comforted. Your son is now looking down upon you with a smile on his face. In fact, we better not mourn, but we should instead celebrate his life right now. Chin up, woman. We shouldn't focus too much on death. For that makes people uncomfortable. Instead, we should think about those good qualities and his achievements. We should keep things light. We should indeed have a celebration of life. My friends, no, our Lord certainly did not say this either. So what did our Lord say that day? Well, as we heard here this morning, Jesus was filled with compassion the kind of compassion that is not just some fluttery feeling. It was not an emotional reaction. It was the kind of compassion that actually grabs a hold of your gut. It's the kind that turns you. It's the kind that moves you. He was filled with the compassion for the woman, which resulted in him coming and touching that dead body and saying this, Do not cry. Do not cry, woman. Young man, I tell you, get up. And just like that, just like that, the dead son sat up, and he began to talk as if nothing had happened. And Jesus, he presented the son back to the mother. Dear friends, let me be very blunt. Let me be extremely blunt right now. Pastors sin. They sin against their flock. And they sin against those grieving when funeral services put the deceased, the dead one, at the center stage of that funeral. 
The pastor sins grievously in a funeral service when the words he uses are directed solely towards the dead person's personality and qualities and achievements. Indeed, the pastor sins when the words that he speaks are directed towards the dead person's personality and qualities and achievements. Now, this may sound a bit harsh this morning, but truth be told, nothing, mark this, nothing is more unsympathetic, nothing is more cruel, nothing is more unloving to make a funeral service exclusively about the deceased. The reason why? The person is dead. Yes, the person is dead. And nothing of the deceased person's personality and qualities and achievements can do anything about death itself. Sure, remembering a person's personality is good, but it cannot raise the deceased from the dead. Celebrating a dead person's qualities can make a person feel proud, but it can't make the deceased sit up in the coffin. Making everyone aware of the dead person's achievements is certainly impressive, but it can't pull the deceased out of the grave. So does this mean that we shouldn't mention the deceased person at all in a funeral? At all? At a previous church, once upon a time, I heard through the grapevine, I heard through the grapevine that a family was rather upset with me about a recent funeral sermon that I had preached. They were telling everyone in the town that Pastor Richard failed to mention their loved one. Let's call this loved one Jimmy, okay? We'll call him Jimmy. Immediately after I heard this message through the grapevine, I felt terrible. I felt condemned. That is until I looked at the sermon. When I counted through the sermon, I said Jimmy's name 18 times. Yes, you heard that correctly. I said Jimmy's name 18 times in the sermon. So what was the issue? What was going on? The issue quite simply was this, that Jimmy wasn't given the center stage in the funeral or the sermon. The words that were spoken were not about how great Jimmy was, but they were about how great Jesus was on behalf of Jimmy. One more time. The words that were spoken were not about Jimmy, but they were about Jesus, who was and is for Jimmy. And so to the point, at funerals, we do not talk about the deceased, for that does nothing about the sting of death itself. Rather, we talk about Jesus. We talk about Christ, who conquers death for us, and gives us everlasting life. At Nain that day, at Nain that day, Jesus told the woman not to cry. He did this not to be some unsympathetic jerk, toughen up, old lady, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. No, with Christ, death was not the end for her son, and death is not the end for us at funerals as well. And so he spoke to her, do not cry. Death is not the end. At my funeral, when I die, and if you live longer than me, my friends, I beg you, I beg you to show compassion to my family, my wife and children, and then once you've hugged them and kissed them, shut the casket, shut the casket and say, Matt Richard was a poor, damned, miserable sinner. Yes, Matt Richard was a poor, damned, miserable sinner. Ah, but Matt Richard is also one whom Christ has redeemed, not with gold or silver, but with his precious blood. 
Because Jesus lives, Matt Richard is one who will be bodily resurrected on the last day, without sin or without blemish. And I will see him face to face because of Jesus. Yes, please say that. I beg you to say that. Talk about Jesus. I am but dust. But Jesus resurrects dust. It is not the memory of Matt Richard that will give my family comfort, but it is the work of Jesus on my behalf that gives comfort to my family and you too. You see, it is only in Jesus and the promise of his resurrection that can and will do anything about death itself. And it is only Jesus and his resurrection that grants comfort at funerals. So my friends, quite frankly, it just does not make sense why a pastor would spend a whole funeral service talking about the accomplishments of the deceased when he could spend the whole funeral spending time talking about what Jesus accomplished on behalf of the deceased. Perhaps a fair concern at this point, though, is this. Is it wrong to remember a person's personality and qualities and achievements? Absolutely not. Hear that loud and clear. It is not. It is not wrong to remember those. We should pray that the Lord would bless our loved ones and their memory. But here's the point. This is not the main focus of a funeral. When that dead man encountered Jesus at Nain that day. You see, Jesus was the one speaking. Jesus was the one on the center stage. Jesus is the one who embodies life. He was the one who had compassion on that woman. He is the one who gave hope to that woman. And that is what is needed at every single funeral that we attend. We need to hear from Jesus and his word. You need to hear from Christ. You need to hear that Jesus forgives sin. You need to hear that Jesus does not forget you in the grave. You need to hear that Jesus will resurrect you on the last day, as well as the deceased baptized on that last day. You need to hear that just as Jesus delivered the son back to his mother, that he will do the same for you and your dead loved ones. Yes, Jesus will restore the dead to the living and the living to the dead you will be reunited with all of your loved ones who have passed away in Christ. Death will no longer be able to separate you. Blessed baptized saints, just think. Ponder this for a moment. Jesus will say these words, Get up, and the dead in Christ will be called out of their graves unto eternal life. And all of us together, in the presence of Christ, with renewed bodies, we will dance with new bodies while rejoicing that Jesus has defeated sin, death, and the devil. We will shout, we will, we will laugh, we will jump, we will giggle like little children. For Jesus has called us out of death. He's wiped away all of our tears and given us life together forever. It's a sheer gift. The story of Nain is a clear picture of our hope in the presence of death. It is the hope the voice of Jesus to hear, the voice of Jesus that is stronger than death. And this hope, my friends, needs to be shared at funerals by pastors and heard by the grieving and certainly not denied. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with